Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Side of the Storm. My name is Evan Wesling, and I'm joined alongside Mr. Brandon Ness as we are here to preview the 2022-2023 Iowa State men's basketball season. Um, kind of an IUPUI preview-ish. Not a whole lot there. Um, but, yeah, just overall, um, I guess the formats, we brought it up a little bit. We're just, we'll, but we'll tell you this now. So, for most of the time... Um, we're going to combine preview and recaps for basketball just because they're going to be really short Some most times. You know, there might be some games, I don't know if, you know, maybe it deserves a full recap or reaction. So we'll obviously judge it out as it goes, but um, for the most part, we're going to combine them. Um, but, yeah, I'll toss it over to Brandon to start it off. Yeah, so really exciting season going forward. Every season is a little different just in this era of transfer portal and everything. So you really never know what to expect. It's not like in 2015 where you have a bunch of four or five-year guys. Which is certainly for me, um, you know, I understand you, you got to do what you need to do to win, right? But I think I'm maybe more of a little bit of an old head in the fact that I kind of hate this era of college basketball right now. Uh, it's tough to really gain a connection with players so it just feels that you hit a huge restart button um there's just four guys that stuck around from last year um so and all those guys again were all transfers I guess grills like half but (laughs) all those guys that were that did stick around were transfers to begin with so it's just really weird not you know having those recruits that you just stay I mean I think that's why guys like Monte and George and Matt and Naz Halliburton, all guys like those. That's why they meant so much to us as fans. Is just because you know we recruited them. They stayed for a couple of years. I mean, Halliburton, the only exception of the guy that didn't stay for a while, but that's not really on him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely maybe on the outs of just this era of college basketball is a little maybe not for me. It's um, definitely not good for the fan. No, you're only having guys for one two years max either through the transfer portal or NBA. NBA in some cases. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And obviously without the, something like the transfer portal, you don't have a magical season like last year where you go from two wins to 22. So it's a give and take. I completely agree, though. A team like 2016 is a lot more enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And then you get into the style of play where they're actually scoring points where that's we'll another, be lucky to score 50 this year. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm, I'm very much a uh, – I'm more of a – I like to see points in basketball. That's kind of – and not to say, you know, everyone wants to see people score. I mean, that's the same in any sport as we're seeing right now in football, right? Yeah. But I, I don't know. Not, not And obviously defense probably keeps you in games more than offense does for the most part. But, yeah, I'm definitely more of a – I like the Hoiberg put up 90 a game. That that was kind of my jam. Um, but, nonetheless, uh, well, we – you know, you can't complain when TJ takes the team to a Sweet 16 in year one, no matter how you do it. There was definitely some frustrating, loss, frustrating losses. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this team is coming off a Sweet 16 appearance, um, and that was way, 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 way past expectations. So Yeah, I think we'll get into this a little bit later, but it's such a difficult thing to predict, like, record-wise. That's why you won't see just a football thing where it's every single game. We'll give you maybe a general idea of where they could finish in the Big 12, seeding potential for March Madness, stuff like that. Yeah, it's completely different for something like football where you have to develop in the program. Basketball's a little different. 
I think AAU culture has a big impact on that, where guys are still connected with those coaches from their high school days, even in their junior year of college. It's really a weird thing, and then NIL works into it. But, I mean, nonetheless, the roster is arguably more talented than it was last year. And then it's just the fact of putting it all together, seeing if it can if it can gel, especially with the style they play with it being defensive focused. Yeah, that's another thing I'm glad you kind of like, I'm glad you brought up gelled. Um, We were in a lucky situation where, you know, he, Ott's got talent, but got the right guys at the same time too, that they were all able to gel. I think this is just a thing amongst all of college sports in general right now is um, if you're going to go transfer portal heavy, there's always the risk of, the chemistry maybe not being there for a while so you know you'll see what happens for sure but um i think to start it off we're just going to do the roster um so i'll list just the guys all the way down and then i'll toss over brand just give a little rundown on the guys so start with trey king who won't be eligible till after is it is it after, after iowa f- okay so he'll be eligible let's see here that's for the McNeese State game on December 11th, so pretty, I think what they rule it is after first semester, but it's really a week before. It's a weird situation. He's kind of a Jimmy McKay was like that too. Bert, Burton was, I believe. So I think Nader. Yeah, it's a weird situation when you get these mid-year guys, especially since he sat out all last year and he still didn't get a waiver. I don't really understand that system. It seems like everybody gets a waiver, and then there's a few situations where it's just randomly you can play in December. But whatever, I think that's going to be... It can provide a spark midseason if you're looking at a situation where you don't really have an offense, and he's a guy that he hasn't played since the 2020-2021 season, but he still averaged 14 points, 5 rebounds a game, and he can shoot it a little bit from the outside, which is something that we've been missing with the post position, especially in those high screen and roll things that we do yep and then going down the line uh eli king he's a freshman guard obviously you guys know caleb grill Taman lipsy uh hometown guy from ames he'll be a freshman guard demarion watson freshman guard uh so demarion Taman, and eli are your three freshmen yeah can i hit on that real quick because sure. obviously one of either Taman or eli are gonna have to start at the point guard position with jeremiah going down and I think we'll get into that a little bit later. It's a big loss. He was probably the leading scorer. And now you're putting a, another true freshman in the position, much like Chai Reeslopes last year, where at the point, for, point guard position in the Big 12 where you're going to be defended really hard all the time without a break. There's going to be a lot of harsh learning moments, and that's part of what's gonna, what is going to make them good in the future. But there's going to be a lot of those games where you get – four turnovers a game that leads straight to dunks that can be really frustrating we saw a lot of that last year I think Demarion is really the piece that is the most underrated going forward and he really fits Oz's system being 6'6 long he can defend well where someone like Taman who is listed at 6'1 he's probably six foot and a little yeah. shorter is it's going to be difficult for him to defend especially well, I think one thing I wanted to I guess just make note of is We've been able to watch Taman a couple of times just with him being from Ames, and Johnston's gone up against him a couple of times. But, you know, our just overall thought process, or, I mean, I, I would say for me, it's he's definitely more of a uh, um, 
a defensive guy. He's just he's more of a distributor. You know, he's going to have to get some points, obviously, right, if you're starting, but don't mm-hmm. expect yeah. him to be somewhere where he's going to take a lot of shots. And especially if he does, he'll be he'll look more inside game. He doesn't really pull the trigger outside a lot. And he shouldn't. I think midway through the season last year in high school, he was shooting 19% from three. Yeah, and he just – but he's really, really physical, so he's he does a good job at attacking the rim, creating space. Um, but overall, his strength is definitely defending and distributing the ball, which yeah. – you know, if he does start at the one, that's not necessarily a terrible thing, whereas somewhere, someone like Eli could rotate in as the two maybe, kind of like, uh, I don't know, Grill, Kalsher, just kind of be your spark shooter because yeah. Eli's more of a shooter for sure. I think um, Taman really reminds me of kind of a Razier Bolton type. Sure, yeah. Where he's really, he can get to the lane whenever he wants to, and then it's just a matter of finishing and then... Hopefully minus the turnover part. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I... That was a little bit... Razier was put in a bad situation there. He was on a really bad team, not a lot of shooters or scorers in general. But yeah. nonetheless, I think Taman and Eli can really be guys that they're going to learn a lot very quickly, I think, especially with the Thanksgiving tournament. And then it's just, how do you go from there? And then the ro- the rotations are going to be really interesting this year. The roster is a lot different. You have a lot more of a front court presence, and guards are... A little, they're not very deep this year because of the injury to Der- Jeremiah. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes forward. Yeah. Um. So I mentioned to Marion, and then he's the other freshman. Um. Obviously, almost everyone's favorite player, Jazz Coons. Absolutely love the guy. Um. He'll be back. Robert Jones, Brandon's favorite. Yes, I love Robert Jones. <laughs> um. Uh, Jaron Holmes. He's one of the uh, Bonnies. Yeah. He'll probably. I think he was the leading scorer in the Creighton scrimmage, so if that translates at all, that'll be good to have something in the two guard spot for scoring wise, because you're not going to see a lot of aggressiveness from a Kalsher or Taman. No. Um, the next one is Osh Osun. Oshun Oshuni. I got that down. <laughs> That's the name. Oshun Oshuni. Okay. Well, Brandon's got it. <laughs> He's most likely going to be your starting five. Yeah. Um, I forget. What, what was the watch list he's on? It's whatever the best center is, right? Kareem, I think. Yeah. Um, but so Holmes and Oshun, yes? Yep. Okay. Um, You'll get it. <laughs> yeah. So both of those are probably starters. Holmes yeah. more of the – so does that make Gabe the three? I think we'll probably see Gabe at the three. You know, Iowa State plays a little bit of a different style where they don't really have a four. Sure, just, yeah. Um, Gabe will probably be that three just because he has a little bit of a size difference on Jaron Holmes. We'll see how – it's probably just interchangeable. I think they're both six two six three, so it doesn't really matter. I think Gabe can just match up with guys defensively a little better. Yeah, I mean, he always had the big assignments defensively for the most part. Yeah. Um. And then also I think um, – I do think, though, when King comes back or when he's able to play, it gives the team more of a four presence than we've really had. He's he's a stretch four, and I think that's really good for our system where we have that four or five out top on the top of the key. And he's a guy that can make those shots where you see George Condit standing at, their, at the shoulder – not being able to shoot it from there. Yeah. And that's a big difference. They can't just sag in the lane and make us shoot, which we saw a lot of last year. Yeah. 
Um, then the next guy, Gabe Kalsher, um, he's going to, I mean, don't need to introduce him at all. Um, but I think the big thing for him is just consistency is what we really need out of him. We saw some really, really good games, and we saw some really, really bad games. Um, you know, those big ones that come to mind is Memphis, Texas, Wisconsin. I mean, he knocked down his threes, and you could see, you can just – he's a very confident – I mean, basketball is honestly just a huge game of men- – it's a, it's more of a mental battle than anything, to be honest. It is, and I think for Gabe especially, I don't mean to cut you off too much. No, you're but- I think for him, the biggest thing going forward is he doesn't lose his confidence. He's always shooting, so if he ever gets the consistency thing figured out, I think he can be a really good player. The game I want him to get more into this year is the mid-range that we saw a lot of against Wisconsin. I think that's really effective, especially when his threes aren't falling and he hasn't really proven to be consistent, much like a grill, where he has a couple games that he just goes off and makes six of six. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the mid-range game is going to be a lot more consistent for him, and he's going to have to be probably the second or third leading scorer. So I think if that's the consistent spot, that's what we should go to a little more of, and then you hopefully have a couple more shooters out there with him. Yeah. Um, then the next guy, Conrad Hawley, he's the Kansas football transfer. <laughs> Just I always love seeing a quarterback on the basketball roster. Hey, <laughs> half-shot situations... Just put him out there. He's got the arm. Why not? I mean, deep throw? What? Yeah. What could go wrong? I mean, you miss it, but anyone else yeah. can miss it too. There you go. That just reminds me of last year at the state tournament for Johnston. J.J. Cole played basketball, and he was almost full court, and it just rimmed out. I mean, he threw it like a football and just put it on the, on the freaking money, and it just rimmed out. But, hey, you could use that to your advantage. Um, then the next guy is Hassan Ward, VCU transfer, probably. It'll be a – I'll be curious to see how they rotate just – The four is interesting this year. Well, I, I just – Jazz, Hassan, um, Bert – sorry. Bert is Robert Jones. Just You, you guys are going to know that eventually. That's just, you know – You'll you'll get that down eventually. That's just if you ever hear Bert, that's you just know it's Robert Jones. We're me and Brandon are always gonna refer to him as Bert. But it's either Bert, Rob, Bob. <laughs> I, I got a lot of names for him. Um But no, I just think overall between Oshun, Hassan, Jazz, Bert, and then when Trey comes back, it's gonna be interesting to see how minutes work out there. I think every one of them is a little bit of a different player, which gives us a lot. Hey, as long – sorry. I just want to make a quick thing, then you can go back to it. As long as they're not cutting jazz, my boy Jazz's minutes too much, I don't care. I think he'll definitely start at the four. Well, to start, yeah, but when Trey comes back, he'll be – Yeah, and who knows? He hasn't played in two years. So sure. it's one of those things where you don't really know what he's coming from. He's a transfer from Eastern Kentucky originally. Then he went to Georgetown, didn't play a single game, and now he's here after sitting out last year. Yeah. So it's kind of a outlier of a situation. You hope he can score a little bit at that four – the biggest issue for this team going forward is going to be the scoring. I think the defense will be probably right where they were last year, if not better. Um, so really you're just looking for that scoring presence, and I think the four is a really good spot to get it where we didn't have that last year. Jazz is more of a catch-and-shoot guy. He's not going to beat you off the dribble. Um, but if you have a shooter on the floor like him, that makes a big difference. Yep. Uh, and then the final guy on the roster is Jeremiah Williams, which is probably – 
works out number wise for Goodwin to end on because he's right now probably the biggest guy you need conversation wise. Uh, torn Achilles that will take him out for the season. Don't ever know if we'll actually see him in an Iowa State uniform ever. Yeah, uh, I think that's a fair point at this point. I mean, you I mean, see so many guys, and what first comes to mind is uh, man, who even was number zero last year? We had a couple guys last year that just transferred with two weeks until the season. And it, yeah, you never really know in this era if you're ever going to see guys play a single game for Iowa State. Yeah, but overall, that's the roster, obviously, led by TJ Otzelberger. Um, but yeah, I, I think before we go into the schedule, right, um, I guess the one thing I w- would be curious about is just what your thoughts are on who needs to step up scoring wise obviously you'd want to see a good presence but you know you brought up Gabe being a top three scorer so who are your other two yeah I think Gabe is gonna have to be there just with his experience um I think Jaron Holmes are probably is probably gonna be the leading guy at that two guard position I I don't know against a team like Creighton and he's still putting up points in the first year in the program I think that's a really good sign um we'll get into it later in the schedule but you're gonna find a lot about this team in the Thanksgiving tournament. That's really the first set of games that are against a legit opponent. Um, other than that, it's really hard to tell. I think it's going to be Gabe Oshun and Jaron for the top three guys. Stepping up-wise, I think you're going to need to see a little bit of Eli King off the bench at least shooting the ball. He's the freshman that's actually capable of doing that, that his stats have proven it. All three freshmen are three stars coming in. And that's just kind of a wild card position. You never really know what you're going to get. Demarion and Taman haven't shot the ball great in high school or AAU. Um, but a guy like Trey King is going to need to step up when he gets here after Iowa. And then you hope to see a little bit of slashing from Demarion. But other than that, I think this team is going to be a little capped on the offensive side like they have been. Um, I think really just getting to... 60-65 is going to win you a lot of games. You don't have to put up 90 like we did 2016. Sure. Um, yeah, but with that, we will move on to the schedule. Um, so, I mean, I don't need to give you a complete rundown of every single game. I'll, 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 I'm going to go ahead and list you know all the non-cons, and then you guys know all the Big 12 teams. It's around Robin. You don't really need to discuss. Oh, this one's this date at at home or away, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you guys know you're going to play the Big 12 each team twice, so there's not a lot to say, which this, you know, this will be weird. This is the last season around Robin. I'm, I'm going to have to take that. Um, I'm going to have to, what's the word, uh, savor it. Yeah, definitely. I think the round Robin in basketball is really good. Perfect. You get everybody home and away. It can't well, be And it's just that. there's no excuses. You get a yeah. second chance at everyone. It's... I mean, it, I mean, you get a shot versus everyone. Yep, and I, the good thing with basketball is you're still playing everybody, unlike football, where you might not play Oklahoma next year. Sure, yeah. So I think it'll be, it'll still be different, but you're still going to be able to play a team like Kansas, a team like Texas Tech. You just can't guarantee, uh, you know, a game in Hilton versus Kansas every single year. And that's what's disappointing. That's where I hope they go to a pod thing where they keep some of these rivalries intact but who knows yeah but that that's something for another day so we'll list it off um 
So I'm just going to straight do non-cons. Um, IUPUI, North Carolina, AT&T. Or sorry, A&T. God, AT&T. I've said that multiple times. <laughs> A&T. Uh, Milwaukee, and then Brandon's already noted on this, and we can take a quick break. But uh, Villanova, which is the start of the Thanksgiving tournament. Yep, I got these games already. So it's Iowa State-Villanova. That's going to be on Thanksgiving Day. Plan accordingly. Um, the 2.32. Winner, that's just a really poor time. Yeah, not ideal. <laughs> uh, winner of that will likely get North Carolina. So you're Oof. going from Final Four team to Final Four team if you were to win. Loser gets Portland, assuming no insane upset happens. And then after that, you're looking at either UConn, Oregon, Alabama, or Michigan State. So you really don't get any breaks. Two of your three games are going to be against a ranked team. Yeah. So that's where we're going to find a lot about this team, just like it was last year playing Memphis. And uh, Xavier. Xavier. Jack Nunji. Jack, yeah. <laughs> so just like we found a lot about that and that, those two 20-point wins that we were going into it thinking, man, I hope we can win a game. Who knows? No, I think we're can... just like, hope this is fun. I don't think anybody really thought. I mean, maybe Xavier could. I think maybe people thought we could do that. Yeah. Again, the entire year last year was just no expectations, whatever. We're just watching basketball. Yeah. I, uh, and this year's a little different. There's no way you go 12 and 0. No. It's not even possible when you're playing Villanova, North Carolina, Oregon, back I to mean, back to back. You got to go to Iowa, too. Yep. And Iowa. I was just listening to the Iowa Ever. Iowa Everywhere podcast and Iowa plays Duke in uh, New York City two days before they play us. So that's an interesting turnaround for them. Yeah. I can hear the excuses already. <laughs> um, nonetheless, I think the non-con is pretty typical. You get that St. John's game in there right before Iowa. Uh, sorry, I can I can finish it off real quick. Um, but after that Thanksgiving tournament, North Dakota, uh, St. John's, Go to Iowa, McNeese, Western Michigan, um, and Omaha. So that's your non-cons? Yeah, I think the last half of that is really what you're going to be paying attention to. I think the St. John's and Iowa game will tell you a lot about how this team can defend going forward against teams with legitimate offense. Yeah, you're most likely going to see a 1-2 and two trip um, up in Portland. So, Yeah, I, I don't know. The if it's on 3 that's not good. <laughs> yeah, you can't go on 3 up there. I don't think you will if you draw Portland game two you never really know this team could go a lot of different directions I think for my record prediction I had anywhere from 15 to 25 wins and you really don't know 25 would be great I don't think it'll happen but that's just one of those things if everything gels and the big 12 is a little down anything can happen sure um but then after that obviously first conference game is on New Year's Eve versus Baylor um, so on and so forth, just highlighting the big ones. Um, everybody get your butts up in Hilton Tuesday, January 17th. Um, I just think you guys should know why. I can tell you. F. Tyrese Hunter. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, everybody get your butts in Hilton. Make it loud. Make him hear this, quotation marks, crazy environment. Oh, His yes. words, not mine. Um, whatever that means. We got a brutal start to Big 12 play. Just looking at rankings. Let's see. Five of the first six against a ranked team. Yeah. Not ideal. No. Um, then again, the other ones. Wow, this is weird. 
Seeing Kansas on a Saturday, that's almost a guaranteed Monday, Tuesday. Um, but that's on February 4th. Um, I think that TCU game should be an interesting one. They're that's very a good team. Underrated. Yeah. That's on Wednesday, February 15th. Um, senior day, Monday, February 17th versus West Virginia. So that's just a couple of the ones I wanted to highlight. Yeah, Missouri thrown in there too for the SEC Challenge on sure. the 28th. Yeah. I don't think they're great. We played them last year as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're down there this year. I don't know. I think the first half of the schedule is brutal. If you can come out of that summit, come out of your first nine with four wins, that's great. Um, last year, I think we started three and nine, if I remember right. I know it wasn't good. I don't think oh. it was three and nine. Eh, maybe. It wasn't great. I know that much. No. And when you get to these February games and they're just complete meat grinders where you're playing in the 40s a lot of the time, you're going to need to pull a few of them out, but... The back half of the schedule sets up really nicely. You get West Virginia, Oklahoma, K-State, Oklahoma State, all at home. I mean, if if you can put yourself in a good position early on, looking at 15, 16 wins in the first nine games of the Big 12 plus non-con, that's going to put you in a really good position to make the tournament. I think a reasonable expectation this year is probably to be a bubble team. It's so hard to tell, but... I think coming off of an 11 seed last year and seeing what we did, we're going to be getting a little more national respect. Mm-hmm. Overall, you just want to get to that 20 mark. Yeah, that's fair. Which will be, I mean, just 20, is that a guarantee? You need 20 Pretty to much. I think that's the number, and it depends on your non-con quad one wins and all that. But ultimately, 20 will get you in if you're a Big 12 team where we're probably going to get eight teams in. Sure, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Um, but I guess outside of that, that's that's the schedule rundown for you. I mean, kind of. Um, I guess before we get on to season predictions, um, there's not really a whole lot to say for IUPUI, but I know Brandon had a couple things, so I'll let him say that before we kind of uh, wrap it up with season yep. predictions. So, obviously, first game of the season, you never really know what to expect. You kind of do this year. IUPUI is the worst team in Kempom. They had three wins last year. I don't think you've heard of a single one of these schools. We will see. Spalding. Nope. Nope. East-West. That's wow. their name. All right. They're no. in Chicago, apparently. Robert Morris. No. You haven't? Okay. So, there you go. <laughs> um, I don't think there'll be a ton different this year with these low major teams. They're typically the same. I think... They're going to Drake the Wednesday after our game. So they have a rough Cha-ching. start there. Yep, they're, <laughs> they're making some money. There's a lot of these teams that you play early on in the season that start with There's a lot of times it's, games. it's us to Iowa City or right. vice versa. Go to you and I, go to Drake. Yeah. They have a brutal start before they get into conference play. Um, there's a lot of times you look at those teams and you go, how on earth are they 0-13? That's how. For the first game of the season, it's typically just – Seeing the new guys, like you said, there's 11 new ones, so it's just how are they going to mesh into the offense? How do they look defensively? For a lot of times with the freshmen, it's a strength thing. How do they develop over the summer? Uh, That's going to be really big for guards, especially starting a freshman point guard. And I know for some people around here, it's still football season being November and all, but (laughs) I think this is a really positive thing looking forward and seeing some new guys early in the season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 
Yeah, I, I just think overall, I've I've touched on this a little bit earlier. It just, I don't know. It it takes some time to not only you know transition out of football to basketball, but also it, you gotta. I guess that's one thing that's kind of good in a sense of it kind of overlapping is in a team like this where you don't know a whole lot about them. You know, you can, you know, you can learn a little about them and try to connect to them a little bit. I mean, I feel like we really started to get a little bit of a connection with players last year, obviously around that, the four-team tournament. And, you know, I, I think we can both agree on this. The Thanksgiving tournament is really good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's you know, there's there's a couple NFL games on that day. There's the 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 Egg Bowl, but there's not a lot of college football. You'll not see some game, <laughs> yeah. You'll see some games on Black Friday, and then you know the rest of the weekend. But that Thanksgiving tournament, with it being a couple days earlier or on Thanksgiving, just all around that entire weekend, right? It's just a really good. I think it's a good atmosphere, good time, and all that. So. Yeah, I like that you brought that up because we have four straight days of Iowa State sports. <laughs> we got Villanova on the Thursday, UNC Portland Friday, TCU football Saturday, and then the last basketball on the Sunday. That'll be a good four-day stretch. Yeah, definitely. It's a good good way to end the week. Hopefully you go 2-2 two and two there. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't two. care which two. Yeah. Just two. I care about one for sure. Nah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up the schedule. So just moving on into final season predictions, um, I guess how I want to handle this, just what we think the win total-ish could be. What um, what's, what's what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, so like I said earlier, I think it's anywhere from 15 to 24, 25. And that gives you a wide range that's either not making the NIT or being a four five seed in the NCAA tournament. So I think this team is definitely capable. You look at guys and there's a lot of transfers that have 14, 15 point per game in their past. Um, Obviously the biggest thing for this team going forward is just shooting, find a way to spread the defense a little bit. Um, I don't know. I'm looking for anywhere from you got to be above eighth in conference. I think, I don't think K-State and West Virginia are going to be all that good. You got to win those games. You can't be losing to K-State at home like we did last year. Got to win the winnable games so you don't have to rely on going to a TCU and winning. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for me, I just kind of went with my guess. I said 18 wins. I had 10 non-cons and um, 18, or sorry, 10 so I had 10 and 3 in the non-con I was debating between 10 and 3 9 and 4 so I guess my total is probably 17 or 18 wins that'd be my realistic guess um that puts you right there in the double conversation yeah so I think they'll be on the edge and I think overall the reason I said that um I think 1 and 2 in that Thanksgiving tournament yeah is the most realistic scenario unless somehow Portland pulls off a huge upset then we're screwed because we just get put in a really yeah. bad spot unless we beat Villanova yeah uh, true doubtful um but I mean yeah I, I just think that Thanksgiving tournament you go one and two and then I don't know I just have a feeling at a St. John's Iowa and Missouri you're gonna drop one of those somehow you can definitely win all of them it just kind of feels I don't know it maybe you just drop one I don't know yeah, that Iowa game is definitely the one that you're looking at and probably penciling in a loss at this point. You never really know what you're going to get out of any of these teams, but I think it's definitely fun looking forward and 
real quick, I'll just give my starter predictions while we're in this final segment here. I think it's probably going to be Taman at the one, Jaron at the two, Gabe at the three, Jazz at the four, Ocean at the five. Yeah, that's what I kind of had. And then, obviously, I think once... Unless Jazz just is playing at an insane level, I could... And maybe they're going to take some... I, I I doubt Trey gets put into a starting role immediately. But I'm sure probably by Big 12 play, I'd have to guess it's... Um, Trey by then, unless he... I mean, you've hit on it. Maybe it's not what we think, yeah. because he just hasn't played in a while. But if he lives up to what, you know everyone th- expected to be getting out of him, then I would assume he probably takes over that four spot. Yeah, and I think with him staying this whole last year, if he didn't see playing time in his future, I'm guessing he would have left. Yeah. It's hard, hard to tell. I think well, just I think, seeing Jazz around campus, he looks stronger than last year. So I think Trey definitely has the up on that part, department, but he's definitely a guy that can play at an elite level in the Big 12, and you can never really run out of guys that can play that three and four spot. Yeah, and on it, I mean, Jazz is far and away my favorite player, no doubt. Um, And I just have to mention that my dad was the first person on the Jazz train, so shout out to him. First game of the year that he picked him to be his his favorite player, and it panned out beautifully. So for everyone on the Jazz jazz bandwagon, uh, thank my dad. All right, He set the tone. Thank Um, me for the Burt bandwagon. Who? Bert. No, bandwagon. Who? Who's on the bandwagon? Oh, me. Oh, okay. Party of one. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's always hardworking. That's all I care about. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, overall, like I, what I was trying to get to was Jazz is definitely my favorite player for sure, but he's more of a bench energy spark kind of guy. He's mm-hmm. not someone who really should be a starter unless, like I said, he had some insane step up in his game, right? But mm-hmm. I think overall he's just – He's just a really good energy spark. In some games, if people aren't playing well, you know, we saw it last year where he kind of got rotated in a couple games. But I think overall, guys like him and Grill are more of bench spark guys. They play their role really well. Yeah. I think for Grill, his biggest thing is just knowing when to take shots. It seems like a lot of the times, as soon as he catches it, he knows exactly what he's going to do. Yeah. And a lot of that is chucking up a three. Uh, We'll see. Maybe he's insane at threes this year. I really hope so. Well, anywhere but Hilton, he was pretty dang good at shooting threes. Any time he's in Kansas. Yeah, that's true. Real quick, I just wanted to hit on the women's team as well. Preseason top ten team. They just had their exhibition uh, Wednesday night. I think they could really be a Final Four contender this year. Just watching that game last night, Stephanie Suarez has a huge upside, and I think she's the piece that we're missing for a lot of last year and the last couple of years. Just... Being, having a 6-6 girl down low is going to be really big for them going forward, and then obviously you return an All-American in yeah. your, pretty much your entire backcourt. So Yeah, and for someone like me, that's definitely my style of basketball more than Otzelberger basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, that that's another thing too, right? You don't necessarily know if this is Ott's style of ball because I'm, I don't think he's been a huge defensive guy. I think he's mainly worked with the pieces he had. I mean, he didn't have a lot of scores last year, so he was kind of put in a situation where he knew he wasn't going to have the guys to put up the points to win games, so he just really hammered in on, if you're not going to play defense, I won't play you, and that's why it made that defense really good. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of the same thing. That's why you saw, like, an Anaruna not playing a ton of minutes last year. Yeah. 
Um, so he's very adamant on if he has a team that can't score the ball, I mean, he's going to make sure he goes all out on defense to keep him in games and really slow the other team down to give his offense a shot. Um, but I'm sure we're going to see something very similar. And this is, you know, another thing, kind of my main point is, you know, something like next year where guys like Omaha, Milan, Jelani, just all those guys, they're all pretty high offensive products. So you could see a shift in how this team plays in year in the next year. And I think the one thing that, you know, he's good at that we can see already is that he's really good at scheming around the strengths of his team. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I think, you know, Otz in general is a really good coach in just terms of adjusting and scheming mm-hmm. to strengths because, sure, you know, it's awesome to see him take two to 20, but I don't even know if Hoy- if Fred takes that team to a Sweet 16. Yeah, I think Otz is definitely a product of what he has on roster. He scored a lot of points at SDSU and UNLV, and part of that's he had Mike Dom, I believe, yeah. when he was there, so... He definitely just puts his team's strengths into action. Uh, with the team like we have this year and last year, you're not going to try to get into a track meet with Kansas. It's just not going to work very well. Um, I think eventually when you get a guy like Milan in here that can shoot really well, that can make plays, and then Omaha, who's just an athletic freak, yeah, who can actually run-run, who can block shots, it's going to be little bit of a different style and then of course who knows who you even have left off of this team next year as a lot of this team even though we don't know them they're seniors yeah so it's just kind of a reloading style every year yeah and that I mean I've talked about this and I just I kind of hope we hit a little consistency I know that's not exactly the college style um but certainly there's I mean I'm not I'm not trying to look past this year I'm not to say this year is a bad year I just think there's a lot of hype of the year after just because of, you know, the recruiting that Otz has done. And a guy like Omaha, he's gone after one year, and that's not our – I mean, he's probably going to go straight to the NBA, right? Yeah, or if he's, he's not good enough, he'll go to a North Carolina. And that's, you know – you you mean, when you get a five-star, like, just, just expect that. Don't be shocked. You know, something like Tyrese was way more shocking. But it's not going to be shocking anymore. And you even look at and Imani Bates from Memphis – he He's didn't really Eastern pan out, Michigan. now he's at Eastern Michigan. So yeah. you, with a guy like Omaha, it's you count on these high-level guys for one year, and then if you get them for two, that's great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think well, – okay, did you ever have a realistic win total? I know you had a big range. but I think it's probably in that 18, 19, maybe 20 range. I think the Big 12 tournament's going to be kind of the make or break for the NCAA side of things. You're going to need to pull off some upsets there. I'm guessing you're probably going to be the eight looking at a Baylor or Kansas. So you're putting a tough situation automatically. But we'll see. I think every season you just kind of go in with an open mind at this point. You don't really know the guy, so it's just enjoy the ride. I'm going to try not to sweat every single loss, but I typically do for basketball, much like you do with football. Yeah. Um, I think basketball is a lot easier to analyze which is why i get more upset yeah um as we go through this preview you're sitting here you can go through every single player in football you can't it's just kind of a unit thing in basketball you can kind of nitpick every single detail it's also really telling of how the roster looks after even the first two weeks yep i i think the early games 
even last year, the first game was a close game with 55 fouls. Well, that game was just messed up in multiple different ways. Yeah, but I told you a lot about what you're going to see the rest of the year. I mean, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I definitely agree. I guess a couple closing things I have, and then I can give you off to a couple closing things so you can end it. But I think my big things for this team is, unfortunately, I think you're going to need another Isaiah Brockington type of offensive player because I just don't think this team has – consistency offensively I mean we're gonna have to see how guys are right but I mean even you know Tyrese had a couple games where he scored you know LSU and stuff like that or Gabe had a couple of those games but no one was consistent except Isaiah and literally maybe the only reason we won conference games was because of Isaiah Brockington because no matter how good your defense is unfortunately you're gonna have to put the ball in the hoop yep and so you need someone to have an Isaiah Brockington season who that is I don't care but you need that. I would prefer to have that and then just more well-rounded scoring. I'm not asking, you know, if let's say Isaiah's Jaron Holmes, right? Um, Gabe needs to put a consistent 15-ish every night. And a guy like Oshun or Trey, they somewhere are similar to that. You just need – you can't have these huge performances but no one else backing him up. So I, I think – when, I mean, the team made it 316, so there's not a lot you can complain about. But the one thing that was frustrating was any night that Isaiah was off, we were screwed. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit it right on the head there. And I really like how you pointed out that the consistency in everybody scoring is big because of what we saw when Brockington was on an off night. He couldn't hit from mid-range, and that was his game. Yeah. And then the entire thing is just kind of on Tyrese's shoulders. Um, but... I think if you can get somebody like Oshun or a Hassan Ward or a Trey King later in the season to get off, and that's going to be really big, is especially the post presence this year. We actually have it. Mm-hmm. You can throw it to Oshun download, and he can actually give you a little move. It's also another layer defensively, better shot blockers. Absolutely. I think Ward is really that main guy for shot blocking back there. He's he's really long, and he's got the vertical to do it. I think it's going to be really big to have him back there instead of a guy like Bert, who, as much as I love him, he doesn't exactly have the vertical on him. <laughs> no. Um, for Bert, I just want to hit on him real quick. Yeah. If we can get the Baylor at Baylor game out of him every week, sure, we'll win the national championship. Okay, <laughs> pump the brakes. Hey, he had eight straight. So that, oh my. <laughs> that um, was a game we were down twenty nine to four as well. So yeah. obviously that national championship thing was a joke. Yeah. Just like eight and four was a joke on the football prediction. Ha ha ha! Not really. That was just not okay. better at all. No. Um, moving on. Uh, but that, I think that's basically uh, gonna end it. I, I you know, it's another. We've hit on this multiple multiple times throughout this episode. It's just a very. We don't know what's gonna happen, and I hope. And I've said this many times. I hope that's not the case down the road. I hope we can get some consistency out of players. Um, but, yeah, it's just a very – you don't know. I think by the time you're – after that Thanksgiving tournament, that's – I think after Iowa you're going to know who the team After I, Yeah. Um, I think after Thanksgiving just um, – I don't know. The St. John's and Iowa game is probably the two games I'd say that – you know, the tournament's a very big whatever, right? But the St. John's and Iowa game are more – important in my eyes yeah I think those are more of the games you're going to see throughout the season that Thanksgiving tournament you play three games in four days 
Mm. It's kind of an outlier. You play a lot of good teams, and that's really everybody's first shot at Power 5 level competition. And then that's really going to... As much as that Thanksgiving tournament is an outlier in the early part of the season where you only play one game a week, that really matters when you get to the Big 12 style of season where you're playing two games a week and you're playing defensive grinded out style games. That early season competition and physicality is going to be big for this team. Yeah, definitely. But uh, any closing thoughts you have? Uh, Not too much, really. I'm really excited to get this season going. I think this team has a lot of potential and you don't really know exactly where it's going to go, but... That's part of what made last year really fun. So I think just going in, cheering for these guys, and hopefully they can surprise us a lot like last year's team did. Definitely. And I just want to hit on expectations because this team is naturally going to disappoint. They're not going to make the Elite Eight. So they're not going to take a step forward. Sweet 16 is still a pretty high thing. That yeah. Prob- I mean, anything can happen, right? But that's still a very... I think they kind of put themselves in a bad position, not because they were good, but because of how far they made it in the tournament. That's ultimately what you judge the season by. So now anything short of that is going to be viewed nationally, not within the state of Iowa, yeah. but viewed nationally as a disappointment when it's absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but I think that's going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, if you guys don't already, go ahead and follow us uh, Follow us on at, at Side of the Storm on Twitter. God, it took me a while to get to that point. Um, but yeah, like I said, go ahead and follow us over there. Let We let you know anytime a podcast is out, along with just additional content. Um, thoughts during games, um, which any game in Jack Trice or Hilton Coliseum is very virtually impossible to get our thoughts during the game. So Hilton's better. Hilton is, is we'll definitely try. better. Yeah. Especially in those early season games. The early seasons, many. we should be fine. Um but yeah, just overall, just go ahead and give us a follow on there. Helps the podcast get gets out to more people. So we would really appreciate that. Also, we're going to try something new. I don't know if it'll work out, but we're going to make a season two. So any basketball content will be under season two. Football content will be on season one. We're going to see how if it works. And maybe this doesn't matter because it, it may not work. We don't really know. Yeah. We're going to test it out and see if it works out. If it does, though, it gives you guys a nice area to go and find stuff. You don't have to, yeah, especially, especially in, this, in November yeah. right now, there's going to be a lot of mix. Crossover the, season's difficult. Yeah. For the next month, it's going to be very cr- crisscross. So episodes are going to be weird. But that's why we're going to try it. That's just that's not a huge deal. But, uh, yeah, overall, um, I feel like it's been a little long, so we apologize. Um, but, yeah, hopefully you guys did enjoy. Um, season is, you should know the day. How many days so basketball? It is. Oh, come right on. Now. Okay. I, I know. Okay. I've been keeping this countdown for like two months. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, just right around the corner. And if you're someone like Brandon who's really frustrated with the football team, this is a good way to take a step back and get a break. The good um, news is, usually we have one good team out of the two. You very rarely have two bad and disappointing teams. Sure. Let's just hope that doesn't happen this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like a that that's gonna go ahead and end you guys. Appreciate you guys for listening. Um and yeah, until next time, roll clones, baby.